rotate. Hey, coach, the revolution is real. We both happen to be sporting our. I know. Uh, I think I think we got we got today. the memo right. Yeah. And you you're wearing the black one, and I'm wearing That's the white right. one. We got a little so, yin and yang. Yeah, thing yeah, we do. We're sure. working it. We're working it today. But, <laughs> Which is know, appropriate. But the revolution is real, man. It's all done with love. You know, even though there's not going to be a peaceful revolution, it's still done with love. So we got to have it. There's a real problem today because we talk about, and I almost sometimes brag about the fact that we don't prepare for these things. Exactly. <laughs> Information is the most powerful thing you will ever get. Uh, I, I think that we all have greatness in us. And I think that most people don't know how to be an advocate for their life. You're listening to the Almond Gunner Experience Podcast, powered by Astoria. Now here's your host, Greg Dorsey. So we we done messed up, Balake. Yeah, well, you know, but but the thing is, is like I think that's what makes it great is that we we get to have these honest conversations. You know, the conversation is a little more honest when you don't strip it out. Yeah, you yeah. Know, when you just go from the heart, and uh, and I think that goes to our message, right, about being your authentic self. Yep. You know, let's let's truly find out who you are and what you're really thinking. So today's topic preparation, yes. um, critical. <laughs> Absolutely critical. Like, like preparation is everything. I feel like um, one that could not have been more timely, but also something that uh, we can grow on. Like we're just yeah. getting yeah. Uh, getting started, so we're going to plant some seeds today. We're going to dive in uh, and uh, to to I'm going to wear out some farm life right. analogies. Right. I right. promise you that. Right. <laughs> but growing up, uh, one of the things I heard a lot is if we fail to prepare, we prepare to fail. Very true statement. I mean, I, I just think that most people think you're going to wake up and things are just going to happen. Like success is just going to happen. Like what you want is just going to happen. Um, and that's not the case at all. I mean, life to me is a process and it's a process that you develop over time. Um, but you have to come up with your own winning formula. And, and if you don't prepare and, and sit down and write out that winning formula. I mean, how do you know if you're even getting there? How do you even, you know, I mean, are you getting close to what you want? So to me, preparation is everything. I mean, I, I think that most people have the skill to be what they want. I just don't think they have the will. They don't have the will to, to, to be patient, to write things out, and to follow the plan. So there's a will. Oh, most definitely. I think your will is everything, right? Because your will decides how determined you are. It decides how dedicated you are, how committed you are. I mean, so the will inside of you is that thing that no one can measure. Um, that's why, you know, being, being an athlete, the thing that I love most about it is, man, it doesn't matter how it looks on paper. Sooner or later, you got to play it. You, you got to play the game. You know, you, you got to go into battle. And so to me, that will is everything. I mean, it, it determines how you overcome stuff. I know. I know, man. I Listen. First problem is I'm struggling because there's a there's some pound cake next to me right now. So so right now time out and we gonna flow into some pound cake for yeah, a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we got, man. Yeah. Yeah. So we were talking about that before we started uh, the podcast that there are seemingly types of people that over-prepare. Yes. And then there's types of people that under-prepare. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I'm sure there's a sweet spot. Yeah, yeah. Because you mentioned, you know, having a will, but maybe not the skill. Is there a sense within each of us that we're maybe missing something? So whether we're under-prepared or over-prepared, it's it's like there's not enough. But see, but I think that's a, a human being thing, right? I think as a human, no matter what we have, no matter what gifts God has given us, 
we think it's not enough. I mean, I think there's a lot of times that we question um, our existence. We question, you know, am I good enough? What's my potential? Uh, you know, what can I be? Why am I here? Uh, so I think that's part of being human. Um, but the, the big thing is then you have to have courage. You have to have courage to, to conquer that fear, right? So no matter how much you prepare, sooner or later, you, you have to take a risk because you're never gonna have all the things you need to be successful when you start. I mean, if you do, I mean, how big is that goal? That goal is not big at all, right? I think when you're stretching yourself, when there's things that you really want, there's gonna come a time when you just gotta dive in and you gotta know that those resources are gonna come. See, that's the beautiful thing I think about when you, you challenge yourself and you really um, you know, be committed to what it is you want. I think the resources always show up. They show up. You know, if you trust the process and if you prepare to the best of your ability, I think people catch that. It's like enthusiasm, right? When you're, in, when you're enthusiastic, people catch it. It's contagious. And so I think when you really dive in and you show that you have courage and you, and you lack that fear, that's when real resources show up. Going back to pound cake. Yes. <laughs> I know some. I know your niece put some preparation. Yes, yes. <laughs> There's some preparation. Yes, that went into that. Yes. Okay. Now, all kidding aside, best pound cake <laughs> ever. Okay. is ranked number one in pound cake making. I can promise you that. Where did that start? <laughs> See, and it's so funny, right? So my sister actually, you know, gave her a little knowledge. Then her grandfather, Mr. Al, gave her a little knowledge. Then, you know, my mother gave a little knowledge. See, it was a foundation that was set in place. And then she just kind of fell in love with this whole baking thing. And what she did was she kept working at it. Anaya really kept working. She wanted to get really good at baking pound cakes. And so if you ever said, you know, I had the pleasure a couple weeks ago of being at my sister's when she was actually in there baking the pound cake and just watching her put it together. Man, it was a lot of love. Going. She was humming while she was doing it. You know, watching my mom like bake and, and even my sister and, and, and even myself, right? It's just like with me, it's like writing my book. So you start with the end in mind. Like, so what, what do I want? Number one, what I want this pound cake to, to be like you know, in the end. I want it to look good, but I want it to taste even better, right? So what pan am I going to put it in? Focus on the final seconds. Mm -hmm. I, I can't think of a better starting point for preparation. Talk to me about the inspiration behind that, the preparation that went into writing that book? Well, it, it's so funny because the very first book, Focus on the Final Seconds and Win the Game of Life, I feel like my, my life had prepared me for that book, like like I had lived it, right? I, I think that um, when it was time to put pen to paper on that book, I was just simply writing out the things I had experienced in my life. Um, so the preparation behind it was as simply as putting my thoughts together. So So how do I make this flow? How do I help people to understand that in life, every decision that you make, you have that split second to change your mind. You, you know, you, you, you could be getting ready to make this, this, this life-changing, you know, situation. And like, this is, this is where I'm going to go with it. But before you pull the trigger, you can change your mind. And so I just looked back over my life and thought about all the things that I experienced growing up. Um, thought about, you know, training hard and running hard and, and, and the days that I didn't feel like running, but I made that decision to go out and run. So to me, winning life is a series of split second decisions. 
that's 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 the sum of your life. Your when you look back over your life, it's about the information you receive and the decisions that you decided to make with that information. And those decisions were made in split seconds. Even if you pondered over something for a week or two or something was eating at you, at the, at the end of the day, when you made that decision, it was a split second decision. Um, so that was the purpose of that book. It was about, you know, what is the winning formula to be able to succeed? And I came up with desire, dedication, and determination, and it squared mentally and physically. And if you can do those things mentally and physically, you can be the MVP. You can achieve maximum velocity performance. That's what that stands for. And so my whole life has always been about how do I just be the best version of me? Because I can do that better than anyone else. Like I can't be someone else, but I should be able to be the best version of me. And I know that those are all split second decisions. And it doesn't matter if you, you blow a decision, then just do better the next day. So I've learned, you know, we talked, I think, last week on the show about giving yourself permission to screw up. Give, your, give yourself permission to just be. And I think that's hard for a lot of people because we're always looking at someone else. But I always say, look at the split second decisions that you're making. Because that is what drove that book. That's what that was all about. And, you know, and so you, you, you figure out that pan to give it that nice, that nice look that you want, right? Hole in the middle, bunt cake look. Um, and then you pull out the ingredients, you know? You, you get all the ingredients out and you, and, and you put them on the counter and you look at them and then you start to separate them. And you separate them by, you know, how they're gonna go in the bowl. You know, and even when you pick the bowl, I mean, you want to get the right bowl that when you get all these ingredients in and you, and you turn that mixer on, stuff's not going to go everywhere. You know, you, you, it, it's all in how you steer it up, as Bob Molly would say. It sounds like focus on the final seconds. Mm-hmm. Every second, those split-second decisions, is really about power. It is. It's the power that you give to yourself, right? So, so if, if I look back at that book, right, and I project forward, everything I've done is from that book. Everything that I do is from that book. Because the real power is always within yourself. The real power is, are you doing the things you need to do to get the information you need to be where you say you want to be? That's up to us. That's not, I think that each of us should get real comfortable and with being responsible for doing our own work when it comes to being better. So let me tell you what I mean by that. What I mean by that is... Oh, 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 hold on now. I got, we got to back up. Let's drop that one more time, Coach. Everybody's got to get comfortable. Yeah, real comfortable with, with, being, doing, with doing their own work to be whatever it is they say they want to be. Being responsible so for their you, own you work. Got, you got to be responsible for your own work. And what I mean by that is this, you know, most people sit around waiting for someone to tell them how to be better. They sit around waiting for someone to give them the information to grow. Well, I, I think that if those things are important to you, you have to be responsible for seeking it out. Listen, if I want to be more knowledgeable into how to become a great leader, I have some options here, right? I can sit around and hope that someone that I look up to give me that information. 
or I can research myself. Like if there's something that I want to know about, then it's up to me to be able to dig into it, to find out, to grow. And I think people are uncomfortable with that. Like if you look at where we are, uh, you know, you drop in the pandemic, you, you, you drop in the, the economic hardship right now, you, 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 drop, you drop in the, the races, you know, the racism and, and all the divide that's going on. Politics. And, and I just go, this ain't hard. I mean, if I want to be anti-racist and I wasn't an African-American person, you know what I'd do? I'd, stud, I'd pick up books to find out about it. To really understand what went on and how it went on. Mm. I would, it's just like, you know, when you go to church and the pastor is standing up in the pulpit and he has the Bible and, you know, and he says something as simple as, if you have your Bibles with you, turn to, you know, Psalms 23. Well, if I'm sitting in the pew and I don't have my Bible with me now, I'm just hoping that he's telling me the right thing. If I want a personal relationship with God, you know whose responsibility that is? It's mine. I can't start putting all of, you know, the responsibility for me to grow on someone else. See, that's real preparation. Real preparation is, are you doing the work? Are you doing the work that's needed for you to get to where you say you want to be? That's either yes or no. There's no gray in that. And once you start bringing all these ingredients together and you start blending those ingredients, right, and getting them where you want, I mean, at the whole time, the, the oven's preheating. It's getting to where it needs to be. So when you when you pour those ingredients into the pan, and then, you know, my, my, my niece, you know, she has that interesting technique. And actually, I do it a lot when I do cornbread, right? So when I pour it into the pan, I'll take the pan and kind of bounce it off the, the the table a little bit just to make sure that, you know, getting all the bubbles ready and getting it as level as I possibly can. I mean, I, I just, I saw my mom do it. She hit that pan, pump, pump, and just, and then you, you, you slide it in and you slide it into the middle of the oven. It's not to the front. It's not, it's right in the middle. In your books, you talk about being a sprinter, world-class sprinter, you had your hamstring, uh, your, your big hamstring injury. And what happened there? Tell me. Well, you actually, I'll never forget. I was in Birmingham, Alabama, and we were running an indoor meet, and we were running on boards. Um, it's, it's literally like ply boards, and it's banked. And uh, so I, I was running, and actually it was the last race of, of, the, of the meet. It was a 4 by 4 relay, and I was the anchor leg. And I'm probably about 30 meters from the finish, and you just hear it snap, like, I mean, it, it just explodes and, uh, and I'm down and, and you know, what's so crazy. See, when you're young, you think that you're invincible and you think that, you know, there's nothing that can hurt you. And I remember there were times, you know, I saw guys pull hamstrings and I go, Oh man, if I pull a hammy, I could finish. No, no, you can't. No, you can't. I mean, I, I went down hard and yeah, I mean, I felt like I rolled for, you know, 10 yards, but I, I do distinctly remember that. The paramedics and, and my coach came down and and the paramedics were saying how I was going to need surgery and and it was bad like you know we you know you're going to have to get him back to Jacks and, and all of these things and he's probably not going to run again and all of that and I do remember that coach Larry Mont said to them nah, you don't know this kid like you, you don't know this kid which which you know at the time I mean literally I'm 
20 year old kid crying for my mom. I mean, it's, I mean, I've never felt pain like that, but you know, I get back to the city I get back to Jacksonville and I can't even, you know, drive. My car was a 1969 Volkswagen bug. Couldn't, you know, it was my left leg, so I couldn't even push the clutch in and, uh, but we'll fast forward. We, we had a team doctor by the name of John Beatty, who was a chiropractor and literally I was seeing him twice a day and, and for months, man, he just, he just worked on me and, and we put this thing back together without surgery. And I remember thinking that I was ready to run again. It was actually the family relays and, and uh, no, it was actually Florida State relays and, and coach said, I don't think you're ready yet. And uh, physically I was, but he knew mentally I wasn't. And, you know, of course, again, being young, you think you are, but he was right. But then when I did finally step on the track again, it was at the family relays. And I ran the first leg of the sprint medley relay. Ended up running the fastest 200 I had ran up to that point in my life. So that became one of those moments to where I knew that there was nothing I couldn't overcome. Because, you know, you, you, when you have that kind of injury, uh, you, you, you learn patience and, and, and all of the things that go with it. And then I had to make a decision. How, how bad do I really want this? And I had to learn. I had to adapt to some new things. I had to adapt to a new way of training. So all of those things, when I fast forward, that's why I'm sitting here today. Because I've had all of these things in my life that I've had to cope with. And I had to make these decisions. Like, right, it wasn't anyone that can make these decisions for me. Um, but that's why I know what people are made of. That's why I know that people, people have a lot of good in them. It's just that helping them find that courage and be able to navigate through it, uh, that, that's, the, that's the tough part. You know, it's helping them prepare to be successful. So for me, just preparing to come back has now became the thing that I've learned to prepare to do anything in my life. It's a challenge. But I mean, what's life without challenge? And you went on to become one of the fastest people on the 13th planet. 13th in the world. After that yeah. injury. Yeah, years later. I mean, you know, this, this injury happened in 83. And so you fast forward 1991, I'm running, you know, one of the fastest 200 meter times in the world. So, but if you had come back too early, you oh, might've not been able to do exactly. that because your body would not have yeah, adapted. Right. Would have probably re-injured, would have probably maybe had a bad run. So mentally now I'm not engaged. And that's why I always go back to, you have to know how to be obedient. You have to know how to be patient, man. And, and if you can't slow down to go fast, it's probably not going to work out for you. And I think sometimes we get so in a rush. and You don't have to. Just be patient. Be obedient. Coach Montz looked at you and he said, you're not ready. You're not ready. I mean, <laughs> I mean he, and he was clear. And there was no arguing about it. It was like, no, no, Almond, no not this week. Not this week. And uh, But he... Um, why do you think he did that? I think he knew. I mean, he, he was one of the most amazing, not only track coaches, but just men. I mean, he shaped my life. I mean, you know, years later when I decided to come back, he was the guy I called after sitting out for six years. And he, he didn't hesitate. He goes, if anyone can do it, you can do it. And I literally came back and was training with, with his JUCO team on the north side of Jacksonville. If anyone can do it, you yeah, can do he, it. Yeah, he never, he never doubted my abilities. I, I think, you know, when I was running for him, he always saw a lot more in me than I was actually doing. Um, but, you know, as I matured and, you know, 
you know, I'm 28 now, and I, I think I was ready to get all the information that he had and, and, and to take on all of those things, even with all the other responsibilities that I had. So um, he prepared me for a lot. And so just like this moment, I mean, he, I feel like he has had a huge hand in preparing me for this. And as my mother would say, once you slide it in and you're doing any baking, man, you walk away from that thing. Just walk away from it. Because you standing there looking at it is not going to make it rise any quicker. It's not going to get it done any quicker. Preparation is about time. You know, and I always say that's the one thing that, you know, once you lose it, you lose it. So if I, if I want to live and, and thrive versus to survive, then what I have to do is be willing to give the time to prepare. So, there are, so I eliminate rework. I'm not trying to back up. Because in my head, I just got too much to do. So I, I, so I definitely can't afford to be able to back up. In the words of my grandfather, Almond, if you don't get it right first time, what make you think you got time to go back and do it again? So I've just learned to prepare to the best of my ability to just try to get it right. And if I don't, now I have additional information. So I eliminate the rework So because I want to thrive. I don't want to just survive the moment, man. I don't want to get to the other side and go, whew, okay, got past that. If, if you're just trying to survive, in my opinion, here's what's happening. You ain't really learning because you can't be focused because you just, it, it, it's like a duck on a pond. I'm just peddling. So, so am I really focused? Am I really learning? Because I'm in this critical moment. I just got to get to the other side of this moment. So I'm really not dialed in to how to make this moment better. So I'm probably going to repeat it again. See, I think that's what's wrong with where we are now. I think too many people are just, I mean, I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to survive with all that's going on in the world. Yeah, well, that's not going to get us to where we need to be. We need you to be focused and dialed in so you can execute some things. If I'm in critical moments all the time, that means I'm not open to the other possibilities. Preparation is about time. It's about time. Preparation is time. It's time. Prep is time, baby. It's time. Yeah, the, the Grand Canyon wasn't carved out in a day. Nah. Time. Time. So until we understand that and take responsibility and be accountable for our time, that we spend preparing to do what we say it is we want to do, we're going to always be trying to survive, brother. But she had an interesting thing because my mom, she'd feel it. You know, she'd have a time in her head that she thought things would be done, but she'd feel, she eyeballed that thing. She, she pulled it out. And she just had a system. And so watching my, my, uh, my niece, you know, hers is more precise. Like, she has an actual time, and she's done it to where... It's pretty much spot on. But to me, I'm more like my mom. And even in writing my books, um, I eyeball it. Like I kind of feel when my books should end. Like I feel when the chapters should change and shift. It also sounds like Coach Munz was not thinking about the next race. I mean, he could have he definitely said, yeah, let's do it. Well, again, it goes back to, I always have this thing, you know, when I'm working with student athletes, 
Um, I think if you're going to be an exceptional coach, you have to know how to help athletes understand what's best for them. Because as an athlete, you just want to compete. As an athlete, you just want to go for it. Um, but for him, it wasn't about running. It was about life. He was teaching me about life. And uh, so absolutely amazing. That's why, you know, I wrote about him in the book because um, of, of the wisdom that he brought. And, and uh, he, was, he was very clear and concise and he did things his way. And, and uh, that's why he produced over 300, you know, All-Americans. I mean, he just was, was incredible. You know, he had incredible people skills, but he was a leader. I mean, he was a flat out leader. How did you respond when he said no? You yes, know. sir. Hmm. Yes, sir. Um, I think part of that is, you know, having parents that I had who taught me to respect, you know, uh, authority figures. And But the other part was he'd never shown me anything that that would indicate that he didn't have my best interest at heart. Everything he'd ever done was, was about our team and our team being successful on and off the track. Um, so it was easy to respect his decision and, and, and know that what he was saying was, was right. Yeah, but didn't you have goals and dreams? Yeah, but you know, I think that's the key. When you have goals and dreams and it goes back to that circle of influence and the people that you put in your life, you have to trust them. You know, that's what's so hard, you know, as a, as a I think as a student athlete or, or just as a person in general, I think it's hard to trust your training. And I think it's hard to trust your mentor sometimes or the people that are, are trying to instill things in you. Um, but, but again, that's what's important. You know, if I was going to reach my goals, um, I, I'm looking at a person who had produced all these All-Americans. I'm looking at a person who, who had been there and done it. So, you know, I think you have to be smart enough to recognize what's in front of you. You know, it's called common sense. You know, I'm, I'm just a young guy, hadn't really... You know, what I've done to that point. You know, he's seen athletes come and go. And uh, and I knew he knew what a world-class athlete was. I mean, he had been one. So the way I look at it is, you know, my life, I was prepared to do a lot of things. Um, being raised the way that I was raised, uh, learning to cope with the things that I cope with. So, yeah, there's some things that happen through life and I'm go, okay, didn't see that coming. But because of the foundation that I have, I can adapt, I can adjust, and I can overcome. To me, that's real preparation. You do realize you just tied preparation to love. It's what I do, man, because I think love is in everything. It's all about, listen, I promise you, if it's going to be good, love has to be in it. Has to be. It's wrong. It's wrong on many levels, Coach. <laughs> yes, it is. Because what you're saying is you're going to feel it. You're oh, going to feel the difference. Listen, listen. She can give you that same recipe, I promise you. And you bake it. Your cake going to be good, but it's not going to be like hers. It's just like eating some of my mother's food back in the day. I mean, I can, I, my, my mom gave me her recipes. I, I, can, I can throw down. But man, it's something about the way E.U. Nice did it. It's love. It's a different type of love. See, but that's how you live forever, right? I don't think people truly die until the ripple effects of all the things that they put in other people die. So that's how I know I'm going to live for 2,000 years because this ripple effect of, of giving information to generation after generation after generation, and if they continue to pass it on, the ripple effect never dies. You're not gone until the ripple effect stops. 
It's like skipping a rock across an icy, you know, glassy lake, right? Those ripples run all the way to the edge. See, if we do this right, the ripples never run out. You're still extremely intentional about finding people who are going to continue to prepare you. I look at Dennis Weber. Yeah. I look at I got Carl. I got Carl. you. I got yeah. Bruce. At every phase of your life, yes. though, even reading through your books, yes. I, I see mm-hmm. Pat you, Williams. Pat Williams. Yeah, Tommy Williams. I mean, I, look, I think the thing is, is the investments that have been made into me, you know, by my, my parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles, I mean, they would be all in vain if I stopped growing. This, I, I'm not where I'm going to be. And again, it goes back to what I say that we all have gifts. And I think that if you're not living out your gifts, then you're, you're cutting off someone else's blessings. So for me, I keep seeking out people to help me grow and to be better and to stay open to all the possibilities. So I make sure that whatever gift I have, I'm giving it away, man. You you know, there, if a person calls me, I just give it away. I mean, I just give it away because it's not mine. It's not mine anyway. Beverly. Yeah. Yeah. Just gift, man. Absolute gift. And so I stay open, you know, to the things that she brings to the table. And, and I mean, you know, she's smart. She's got all these things. I'm constantly trying to grow, bro. That, that's my thing. How do I grow? And she's one of those people that's been able to enter into my life and help me grow. Pound cake. That's pound cake, man. When, when you slide that thing out and it's all golden brown to where it needs to be, but you know, as, as my as my niece would say, she'd say, Uncle, you're not there until you get it out the pan. So she, she lets that thing sit for a minute. And when she flips that pan over and it slides right out, didn't break up, didn't crumble. Now we're there. That's the cake. I mean, again, I think it goes back to, you know, what are you playing for? What are your dreams? What are your hopes? And then I think you have to be responsible and accountable for doing what you got to do to get those pieces to make it happen. You can't expect for someone to just waltz into your life. You know, think about it. Most of the time when you have a good person come into your life, you're not even ready for it. Half the time you won't even listen to what they have to say, right? Um, so I think, again, I think we all are accountable for, for, for putting in the effort to get what we need to help us to gain this access and to gain this inheritance to be able to move it on, right? So for me, you know, I literally wake up every day thinking about how do I keep this ripple effect going? I don't want to be that person that when it's all said and done for me, the only people, you know, that really cares is my immediate family. That's a life not lived. My job is to have a ripple effect. That's everlasting. Delivery, execution. It's, it's, you got to execute the whole thing. And for her, it's like, you can't cut that right away. It's still hot. You got to let it settle a little bit. I mean, she has a whole system. Because she's got a picture in her head. She's got a picture in her head. She visualized it. See, when, when the knife goes through that, th- those slices have to come a certain way. For You saw the slices in, 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 in what I brought. That's a very deliberate slice that she makes. 
she knows what it, it needs to look like. And if it doesn't look that way to her, she doesn't even care. Like, mm, no, uh, you can say it's good, but it just, the whole presentation wasn't there. So for her, it has to look a certain way and taste a certain way. That's the whole execution for her. Preparation, oftentimes we think about things. Yes. But yes. what you're saying is it's about access. It's about opportunity. It's about finding a way to build bridges. Because real preparation should be preparing you for the greatest game of all, life. And we all have to play it. That's the thing. The thing is, life's going to show up for all of us. You know, you can try to put it into things. You can try to, you know, make it separate. But the game of life is the game of life. And each of us are going to get our opportunity. My grandfather used to say, just keep living. Just keep living. You'll get to see what you're made of. You'll get to see how you handle certain situations. You see what I'm saying? So if we're not preparing people for the game of life, we're missing it. We're missing a great opportunity. We're, 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 see, that's real leadership. See, real leadership understands that it is to provide the resources for everyone to grow as tall as they can grow, whatever that is. Because when we do that, when you feel that you've grown as tall as you can grow, you don't lose your voice. You feel like you are a part of something great. See it. Yeah. Feel it. Taste it. Taste it. Yeah, you got to believe it, man. Smell it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got to all be there. That's part of it. So, so the first step is visualization. Yeah, you got to visualize it. Listen, to the point of if, if I'm baking a pound cake and somebody was to walk in the house, you got to visualize them walking in the house and go, oh, what, what are you baking? Like they got to be able to smell that thing or they got to notice something's going on in that kitchen. That's part of it. That's the excitement of it is that you're creating something and, and people are buzzing about it before it even done. It's what we do every day, you know, right? With, with our content and the things that we're developing is we want people to buzz about it before we even deliver it. That's excitement. But I, I think the next generation, the younger generations actually have a picture that mm -hmm. they're playing for. Yes. And, and I think older generations that, that uh, might be frustrated with the state of the, of the world right now, they're tired. Which is another way to say lazy, right? Because you just want to kind of head into, as uh, Dr. Miles would say, retirement, right? So, so again, let me understand so, this. So what do you want? Let me understand this. So I want to be better. I want the world to be better. There's information that I have that can make the world better. But I'm too tired. I'm just too tired to do it. That doesn't even make any sense, right? It's like when I go in the organization and I say, look, when you have people that's been here for 20 years and then you hire that new person that comes in with all that energy and enthusiasm, there is no need for them to, to bump heads. So the person that's been there for 20 years that feels like they, their voice hasn't been heard and but they have all this great information, but they're just tired. Well, why not give it to the enthusiastic person over here and let them run with it? See, that's what you do if you're not worried about who's going to get the credit. See, I think that's what this really boils down to, is people want credit for things. I mean, why do you want credit for doing what's right? Just do what's right. 
I mean, if the goal is to is to move the pendulum here, what matters who moved it there? I mean, at the end of the day, we're trying to hit the goal. This is not about credit. This is about doing the work. That's what being prepared is. It's about, I'm going to prepare myself to be the very best that I could be. So no matter what comes up, it, it lends flexibility to my life now because I'm prepared. Because I came in with a plan. So it's a lot easier for me now. Okay, I got to back up a little bit to go that way. See, that's what makes water so great. See, because water just goes with the flow. It doesn't fight. Water never fights. It just, if it's pushed one way, it goes that way. If there's a crease, it goes in it. Water will go uphill to turn around to come back downhill because that's the way it needs to flow. So as people, if you're not preparing, you're not flowing. That's pretty smooth, actually, the you think about it. Yes. Like, that pound cake is yes. smooth. It I, is. And I never thought of it is. pound cake as being, but. <laughs> but that's a whole different level. It's a whole different level of pound cake, man. That's one you won't forget. That pound cake, I promise you, from here on out, if you have pound cake, you're going to measure it by that pound cake. How can anybody tell me that we didn't see this coming, that we were not prepared? <laughs> because it's a choice. It's a choice to whether you saw it coming or not. You know, And again, you have to, re to remember, perception is reality. So for, for all of us, you know, we deal with what we want to deal with and we choose to believe what we want to choo you know, choose to believe, right? So at the end of the day, I go, it's not about whether we quote unquote saw it coming, quote unquote, uh, you know, could imagine this in our wildest dream. For me, what it is is about what are you doing every day to make it better? So let's, let's, let's you know, let's just, let's forget about what happened. Let's forget, let's just know that it's here and it's not going to go away. You're not going to legislate this away. None of that. That means that each and every one of us have a responsibility to do something to make it better. So the question becomes, what are you doing to make it better? How have you prepared your day to make it better? And if you're not making it better, look, you're either moving forward, you're staying still, or you're backing up. So you have to be honest about which one are you truly doing? It, it, this is not rocket science. It, it's not like we don't know how to make the pandemic better. It's not like we don't know how to deal with racism. It's not like we don't know. No, we know. The issue becomes it's work. See, everybody want a peaceful revolution. Everybody want this thing to just go away and resolve. I got news for you. Ain't going to happen. You're going to have to work to get it done. I mean, as simple as coming back to run after being, you know, not running for six years. So imagine that was a split second decision. That was me waking up one day and saying, you know, I, I don't want to live with what ifs. And if I don't want to live with what ifs when it comes to running, then I have to make this decision. And it was to get a pair of shoes and go back and start running. We've talked about preparation, and, and like I said, we've, we've packed a lot into this. I mean, um, when you ask me about why I push so hard and 
So when I look back and I think about the people that have shaped my life and, and uh, encouraged me to to stay in this fight and, and, and want to thrive versus, you know, just survive. Um, the Super Freak of the Week is, is my aunt. Her name is Edna Brown. And uh, <laughs> she is uh, my mom's youngest sister. Uh, we, we affectionately now call her Mom Brown because she is now the matriarch of the family. But so when I, when I think back to her and her life and the things that she, she had to do, it's like, man, how can I ever complain? So, so my aunt was, she was married, had a kid, and, but she always wanted to be a nurse. And so she literally, you know, took classes at Lake City Community College while she was working a full-time job. And like I said, married with a kid and so then it came time for her to go to University of Florida. She drove from Baldwin to Gainesville every single day. Married with a kid, putting in work. She was the only African American in her nursing class. So let's just let's just let's just stop for a minute. We're at the University of Florida, which now when it comes to medicine and nursing, I mean you know it's like one of the top. So imagine her doing this back in the day, right? Um, but she graduated valedictorian. So when you go into her house, there's this picture of her graduation and, and, and uh, she's in the middle and then all these ladies are around her and they all signed it, you know, and, and it's up in her house. And every time I walk in and see that, I'm like, I can't even begin to know, first of all, what she went through to make that happen, right? But she did. And, you know, she retired a registered nurse and she had all these opportunities to work at all these, you know, big prestigious hospitals. She spent her whole career at Northeast Florida State Hospital. It's, you know, the mental hospital where you have patients that are challenged and she absolutely loved it and she thrived there, right? And now I watch her and she just gives, man. She's always trying to prepare the next generation. You know, her grandkids, now she has a great grandkid and, and I just watch her and, and, and to be the matriarch now of our family and still try to pour into all of us, right? <laughs> I mean, every day she's still trying to pour into all of us, you know, to be our best. But for me, all I got to do is sit back and look at her life. All I got to do is, is sit back and look at what she went through and how she endured. And she did it with grace. Never, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen my aunt, like really, I've never seen her complain about it. I never saw her go, oh, you know, that was bad. Like, she just handled it. She never told you it was work? Oh, no, she just worked it. She, I mean, she led with her life. And today she's still leading with her life. So, um... Just doing all the things that she do and, and, and being that she was in medicine. So, you know, of course, if something's happening with someone in the family, she's the first person you call. And she still does it with grace. Can we put her on the ballot? Dude, all day, <laughs> all day. And, and if you think that pound cake was good, she can roll. I mean, hey, and again, it's like, Thanksgivings, Christmas, she still makes all of these things happen, but not just for her immediate family, but everyone, everyone in the neighborhood. You stop by, get a meal at her house. She's that person. See, that's a super freak. That's the person that's giving back. She's truly preparing other people to be the best versions of themselves, and she's doing it with her life. She doesn't have to say anything. She reminds me so much of my mom. You know, and they were sisters, and, and you know, the last 
probably eight, nine years of my mom's life, she lived with my aunt. So, you know, I always credit my, my aunt for like giving me my mom probably for another decade just because of how much she took care of her and made sure that everything was okay. Um, and she didn't have to do that. So when I thought of preparation, I mean, all day, every day, Ma Brown. Ma Brown. Ma Brown, I'm, I'm serious, man. I'm, I'm going to start making signs. I'm going to sneak her in there, man. <laughs> Let's go. She, she's it. Let's go. And, and not to mention, she, she wears our shirts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, she's I, repping. Hey, look, I, she, she's repping. She's, she's repping. repping she got side effects. Oh, she's repping the gear, man. <laughs> she reps the gear. She goes out. She gets her walking in. I'm just telling you. She, she, That's amazing. She's the epitome of everything that we, we talk about. And, and, and when I look, you know, at my life, I mean, look, man, I got a lot of great people to chase. Hmm. So she's just another great person that I'm chasing. All right. Well, I got to rephrase because I said... The world's not ready. The world is definitely ready for yes. for Ma Brown. Yes. Let's go. Yes. Let's go. Yes. She can make it happen. What's the challenge? What do you? What's? Uh, it's almost like it's honest question time for us here. Like, what? What do you want us to really? Well, the, the, be thinking about the big challenge this week is look. Be honest with yourself. Are you preparing yourself to be successful? Are you really preparing yourself? I mean, just look back over some a goal that you say you want. And then ask yourself every day, am I really preparing to do that? Am I preparing to really get to the other side of this? Because, again, this is about preparation. And you're only going to be successful when you truly prepare to be successful. It's not just going to happen. Take the responsibility. Own it. Own what you want. I can't help it. Uh, This is for 89 but I hear Scar in, in the background and the hyenas saying, be prepared. That's, right. That's it. That's it. That's it. Be prepared. Be prepared. <laughs> you got to be prepared. I mean, it's the only way to be able to adapt and adjust and to overcome. The more prepared you are, the greater flexibility that you have. So I'm going to need you to be prepared. If you don't prepare, someone will prepare for you. Yeah. I go back to my paddle. Yes. When I got way out there, yeah. a couple, almost a couple miles out. Right. And I met a big old set of fins. That's right. Out there. <laughs> and, uh, and I realized very quickly that I was not prepared for that moment. Right. But I guarantee you that big old great white shark was fully prepared. Oh, no doubt. To make me a meal. And no it was doubt. like, you know, licking his chops. <laughs> no doubt. Had, had the napkin around oh, the neck. Oh, no doubt. Yep. Didn't didn't need to think about it. No, nah. he was he was basically saying I've lived my whole life for this moment. <laughs> Oof. See that's that's see I, I'm telling you that's why I love like lions and great whites. They live their whole lives for moments. For that moment, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Don't get jacked up about a whole lot. I just flow. I'm always asking the question, right? Is this helping me or hurting me? That's what I ask now. Is it helping or hurting? And who wants to continue to hurt? We're all human beings. And at the end of the day, if we're not preparing people to be successful, then we're failing. Um, You know, I think we have to get to this place where we understand that, you know, everybody has a gift and everybody has something to offer, right? Uh, And that everyone's needed. And to me, that's where I'm constantly pushing the boundaries of every day. 
Because at the end of the day, if all of us are not maximizing our potential, how good can we really be? How good can we really be as a community, as a state, as a nation, as a, you know, as a world? How good can we really be if each of us is not maximizing his or her potential? But doesn't it require access? Yes, that's the real key. You know, Colin Powell, he, he, he had this quote, which I really love. It said that access and inheritance is greater than skill or excellence. So what Colin is saying is no matter how good you are at something, you might be the best at it. But if you don't have access to show what you have or you don't inherit a way to be able to do it, the world will never know. So that goes back to why it's so important to if you have a voice and you have a platform, it's so important to use it to allow other people to gain access. So their gifts can be seen. So their voices can be heard. Because again, we all have something to bring. And, and so until everybody is valued, none of us are valued. You know, we have the ability to know that there's a brighter day and that we can be a part of that brighter day. Uh, and I think again, we have to be accountable and responsible um, for, for doing our own work. And I think individually, if we can just do our own work to make sure that we're being the best that we can be, the brighter day is a lot closer than you think it is. All right, well, speaking of brighter days, there's still some pound cake left. <laughs> oh, no, right we know, I'm gonna get up in that. Let's go. Yeah, we us get up in that, baby. <laughs> you still sharing? I, I saw you packing yeah, back yeah, up again. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll hook you up with another piece. I'll I give you a taste. <laughs> I give you a taste. Next time you just gotta text me. Hey, you know, or actually, you don't have to say a word. I'm gonna keep a stock of vitamin D milk. That's right. it. I'm, I'm like, come milk. on, dude. I rolled up in yeah. here. No, no yeah. milk to go with That's this. That's my bad. Yeah. That's my bad. Come on, come on. bro. Come All right. On. Yeah. You can come in here talking about. No, I don't know. Oh, no, listen. No, no, no. you, you oh, joke. Yeah, yeah you joke. That's but right. I've been, I've been having some chest discomfort. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, uh, must be, must be like I ate a lot of bacon. I, I'm not kidding you. I went after some bacon the other day, and that evening I started having sharp chest pains. I'm like, oh, uh huh. Maybe I said something wrong uh -huh. there. So you sitting down here thinking, well, I don't really want pound cake. Maybe a little bit. You can't get up out of this pound cake right here, man. Uh huh. Huh. We gonna finish all this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right here, right now. Mm -hmm. We're going whole hog. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Bro, if we had some vitamin D milk right now, some whole milk, I'd probably be humming. <laughs> uh -huh. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Well, as always, you know, we, we, we like when you guys tune in. Uh, it pushes us. Uh, today, I mean, we, man, we dropped a lot of information, man. We break this baby up, you know, in bits and pieces, which I like to do from time to time. And, uh, but we appreciate you, you know, and we're grateful. And we're going to stay obedient to what it is we, we said that we're going to do, which is just provide information and help people be the best versions of themselves. So um, go to almondgunnerexperience.com. You want to pick up that age gear because we're rocking it all day, every day. Um, I love that in the course of my day, I always see at least one person wearing my shirt, which is awesome. And uh, we're not going to be satisfied till we see hundreds of people every day wearing those shirts. So until next week, man, every day is game day. We'll catch you next week.